With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, I'm Nigel Lithgow, and I was the executive producer of Pop Stars, My Idol, Pop Idol, and American Idol. And these are my idol memories. Welcome. This is the last podcast in my first series relating to season one of American Idol. The grand finale. The morning of Wednesday, September the 4th, 2002, started off badly. I had to be at the clinic on Wilshire Boulevard for 8 a.m. in order to receive a cortisone injection in my neck to ease the pain that I'd been experiencing. We hadn't at this time discovered the fact that some of the discs in my cervical spine had been crushed. C5, C6 and C7 had either been squeezed out or destroyed. As there had been no time for a proper diagnosis, it was thought that I had a pinched nerve and a cortisone injection would help reduce the swelling and thereby relieve the pressure on the nerve. I was first given a local anaesthetic, which would be followed by the cortisone injection. I was lying in a fetal position on the bed as I saw the doctor approaching me with what looked like a giant knitting needle. We need to be extremely precise where this enters your neck, Nigel, in order for this to be successful, I heard him. But to be honest, I was so focused on the size of this needle coming towards me, he could have been saying anything. This looked like something you'd give a flu shot to an elephant with. As he brought it up, I closed my eyes. Nothing happened. I opened them, and the doctor was just standing there, and he said, I was just thinking, who's going to win American Idol tonight? (laughs) I must be honest, I really wanted to punch him right then and there. I managed to say what became my usual line over the years. Uh, The person that will win tonight will be uh, the one with the most votes. He nodded, grunted, hmm, and stuck the bloody thing in my neck. I'm sure you'd love me to tell you how much it hurt, but luckily enough, I didn't feel a thing. Thank goodness for that first local jab they'd given me. I was being driven, so by 8.40, I was in the car and on my way to the theatre, pain-free and ready for the grand finale of American Idol Season 1. Camera rehearsals resumed at 9am and Bruce reminded everyone what we'd rehearsed on the Monday. Will Young, the winner of Pop Idol in England, had joined us to rehearse his duet with Kelly Clarkson. And Justin and Kelly attempted to sing the duet that had been thrust on them the night before, but they just couldn't remember their words. It was decided to help them with the lyrics by putting the words on Ryan and Brian's teleprompter at the back of the stalls. The competition was over, so it really didn't matter now, and we could give them as much help as they needed. 
the first hour of this two-hour extravaganza was going to be clips of past auditions, the finalists' journey through the competition, some of the best judge comments, links to Justin and Kelly's hometowns, celebrity comments from the red carpet on who they thought might win, and anything else the team could think of in order to fill that first hour. It was going to be hard enough to fill the second hour with performances, so we were really struggling to make a two-hour results show. The results show in England was all of 24 minutes. The fact was, we'd never done this before, so we were inspired by by panic. Absolute panic. As the show opened, the first thing we saw was Ryan and Brian in the production truck situated outside the theatre. They linked to the cheering fans standing outside the theatre and the 3,500 fans filling every seat inside the theatre. They're going crazy inside the Kodak Theatre too. Look at this. The first edited package was a nostalgic one looking back at our nationwide talent search and seeing some of the best auditions from around the country and, of course, some of the worst ones too. It shall be opened. It shall. Makes the boys rosy and the rebel Don't think of yesterday Ouch. They were really bad, weren't they? Our next video package was all about how America was introduced to Simon Randy and Paula. I'm speechless. You ever thought about doing voiceovers for cartoons or something? I think you invented notes never ever before heard in music on that audition. I would say don't sing. That was terrible. I'd say not a cat in hell's chance. Abysmal. It may not be so shocking to you to learn that in the early days, Simon was not that well liked. In fact, we were informed that one of the auditioner's dads in New York was waiting in the lobby of the hotel with a baseball bat to take Simon out. That's when Mike Bichetti's security and personal protection company was employed. Mike had a great team that not only looked after many of the Hollywood stars, but their homes also. We never had any further problems or any that I've actually heard of. Maybe I'll interview Mike on a later podcast to find out if anything else had gone on during this period of time. Many celebrities came to the show, and of course, we wanted to know who they thought might win. I think Kelly's going to win. Kelly all the way. I'm going to get a Kelly all the way t-shirt. I like Kelly. I think she's got the most raw, natural talent. I'm not going to vote either one off. I'm not going to go there because I think they're all talented. It's just Kelly, 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 Kelly. Kelly's your favorite? Us. We love You Kelly. called and voted? 36 times last night. And before he probably even had the thought about becoming the president of the United States... Donald Trump gave his opinion. Kelly has some voice. I heard her last night. She's great. It's quite amazing to think that I managed to get President Obama to open the very last American Idol finale before it was cancelled by Fox and then moved to ABC a couple of years later. Consequently, we are probably the only entertainment series to have had two U.S. presidents participating in our shows. 
I'm very proud of that. So the stars believed Kelly might win, but many of the public that were asked had a different idea. Justin, of course. I love him. He had the talent, he had the moves, and he looks great. Justin is going to win because that boy can blow. <laughs> yes, that boy certainly can blow. Uh, and I spoke to him earlier this year about what he remembered regarding that final sing-off. I was shocked to learn that amazingly neither he nor Kelly wanted to win the title of American Idol. Listen to what he had to say to me. Justin, thanks for talking to me today. Absolutely. Let's take ourselves back to the Kodak Theatre the day before the grand finale. It's the final sing-off. Give me your thoughts on that day. What do you think? Uh, we were so exhausted by that point. Uh -huh. um, we had been flying back and forth. Uh, You've been to your hometowns? Been to the hometowns. Yep. Had done, I think, the MTV Music Awards or something like that in New York and then flown back. And we were doing press and we were learning all the finale uh, numbers. And on, uh, when we literally like five to ten minutes before we did the live show, the finale, I think we were talking, you and I were talking, and you said, oh, we, we've got this song that we'd love you to open with. It takes two, uh, sung originally by Marvin Gaye and Kim Weston. And neither Kelly nor I really knew the song and definitely didn't know the lyrics. And, and we needed something, I must be honest, yeah. for the pair of you to sing together. Yeah. And the only thing I could think of at that point was it takes two. <laughs> and sort of, I, I know I forced it on you, didn't I? Yeah, and you know what? But at that point, we were so trained to be like, okay, is this what we need to do? Boom, let's do it. And Kelly knew it just enough, and I knew the melody quite well, that all you had to do was put the lyrics in the teleprompter. Well, they weren't, I always thought they weren't difficult lyrics. It sort of went, it takes two, baby. It takes two, baby. Well, that's just a chorus. It takes two, baby. Yeah. Me and you. <laughs> yeah, but the, but no, but we did the actual <laughs> verses, too, which are not that easy. Oh, well, the... What, two verses? Now, you're professional singers. <laughs> exactly, we, we, but it was crazy. That was just the general sort of well, thing. Well, you've got to remember that, you know, this is Fox's biggest show that she, they've ever had, <laughs> ever. right? So they're pushing you anywhere and yes. everywhere for the press and everything else. I never felt that either of the two finale songs suited you, really. Before Your Love was a, a, a real diva song, and a moment like this was a tough song to sing too, wasn't it? It was a tough song for me to sing. Uh, I remember being in the recording studio when we put those things down because whomever won, the single was going to be released the next day or something like that. And this is pre-iTunes and all that. And I remember like bleeding <laughs> in the studio and being so frustrated because I had worked so hard to get to this point. And then here is this song, which has nothing to do with anything I've ever sang on the show. And... So part of me was like, what is going on? And yet something a lot of people don't realize that Kelly and I, neither one of us really truly wanted to win. We thought it was better to not win. And so you know, we were trying to do our best. And I know it sounds strange, but we were just like, what, what are we doing here? Because we're going to have to do this movie. And, da, da, da. and so Kelly... And she and I have talked about this since. Kelly was just like, you know, I don't know if I want to win this thing. Ex explain to me why that not winning was important. Well, because we felt like the winner was going to be forced to do certain things 
that what, sign a multi-million dollar contract. Well, obviously uh, that's not that bad. Oh, winner. really? No, no. Yeah. But like to do the movie and uh, that was really Kelly's main sticking point really was she's like, I don't want to do this darn movie. And um, it, it just felt like we we were so exhausted and it just felt like, oh my goodness, I don't know if this is the right thing. And we are six ways to Sunday uh, just trying to just survive. And so... A moment like this comes along, and as soon as I heard it, I was like, this song is not for me. And then Before Your Love, again, it's just not for me. And what's interesting is that the years after, and I know this was because of you, the first, uh, the, the, the finalists sang different songs. That's right, yeah. Uh, more suited to their style of vocal, really. Now, let's go back to the wings of the Kodak Theatre. Do you remember saying to me, if I win this, I'm going to need more security. Absolutely. And I said, why? Yes. Because you said, had Mike Machete. Right, yeah, <laughs> and he's big. But I was watching Kelly sing a moment like this on her turn. And I turned to you, and I just shook my head, and I said that. I said, you know, if I win this, we're going to need a lot more security. And you said, why? And I said, because there's going to be a riot, because there's no reason why she shouldn't win this, because she sounds amazing. So I'm not bitter about that. I think that everything happened the way it was supposed to because at the end of the day, when you talk about pure vocal talent, Kelly Clarkson, every single day of the week and twice on Sunday, is the American Idol, should have been, should be the American Idol, and was the voice of that season. So that was a pre-recorded conversation that I had with Justin a couple of months ago. And I have to tell you all, that Justin meant every word of what he said. And that guy is a genuine, straightforward, lovely man. I'll continue that conversation with Justin a little later on after we get the results. Back to the grand finale. So, after showing what the viewers had chosen as their five worst auditions, funnily enough, one of my friends, Stevie Kipner, had actually written the song that was voted the worst audition of all time. Jennifer in Chicago sang his composition of Genie in a Bottle. I'll tell you that because you might not recognize it, and I'm pretty sure Stevie won't. If you wanna be with me, baby, there's a price to pay. I'm a genie in a bottle, gotta rub me the right way. If you wanna be. Jennifer, here's a new word that was extraordinary. Thank you. <laughs> Unfortunately, extraordinarily bad. Sorry, Stevie. I know you won't thank me for playing that. <laughs> now, Brian Dunkelman was backstage with Kelly Clarkson in the makeup room, and we did a video link to her old high school in Burleson, Texas. She was delighted to see over a thousand screaming fans, along with a number of her old friends in the high school's gymnasium. One of her friends was a little cheeky and said, come home as the American Idol or don't come home at all. Well, unless you've been living on another planet for the last 18 years, you'll know that Kelly managed to go home. So no worries there. In throwing to a commercial break, Dunkelman came out with the memorable line, stay with us. The intensity here is only getting intenser. Classic, right? After another video package of the top 30 being culled down to a top 10, all good padding for a two-hour show, 
Ryan was now standing by what's known as the craft table, which was covered with snacks, fruit, cookies, cheese, and a lot of Coca-Cola. He was chatting to an extremely relaxed Justin Guarini, who was eating strawberries. Ryan pointed to a nearby television monitor and introduced Justin to his old high school in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Again, there was over a thousand screaming girls waving banners and jumping up and down. Both our finalists were receiving the full support of their communities, and justly so. The next montage we saw was the top five zingers from Simon. And this outstanding piece of advice offered to Julie in Seattle was voted the best. You taking singing lessons? Very few. Who's your teacher? There was this lady up in Montana. Do you have a lawyer? No, I don't have a lawyer. Get a lawyer and sue her. I don't know if Julie ever took that advice, but I know Simon meant it in a benevolent, compassionate, sympathetic way. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, the next video package was the top tens story. Now, we just about drained the well of all of our recorded materials. All that we had left now was the previous night's performance and the Ford Focus commercial to fall back on. The Ford commercial had Justin and Kelly dressed as Formula One drivers. They walked to their individual cars, put on their crash helmets, and waited for the checkered flag to start them as they roared off together. Kenny had put all of these commercials together every week, and this one looked very special, I thought, and was shot brilliantly. It was obviously the inspiration that James Mangold needed to shoot Ford versus Ferrari. Well, that was the padding over. <laughs> One hour of just playbacks and inane chatter. Time for the curtain to go up and the live performance show to begin. As Ryan and Brian entered the stage, the theatre erupted. The audience had sat there for over 90 minutes watching giant video screens, but we're now about to see the live performances. It was just about now that I realised the local anaesthetic had worn off and the pain in my neck had returned. The cortisone shot had done no good whatsoever. Still, as the top ten began the evening's performance with a 60s medley, the pain was forgotten as I danced around and sang it with them in the wings. The girls started it with, it's in his kiss. Does he love me? I want to know. How can I tell if he loves me so? Is it in his The boys then went into California Girls, and some of the outstanding moments included Tamira Gray singing A Fool in Love. Justin Guarini singing Bacharach and David's The Look of Love. That got all his fans screaming. And of course, Kelly reprising Natural Woman certainly made everyone happy. But you're the key to my peace of mind. as did the final song in the 60s medley, the Turtles' huge hit, Happy Together. I can't see 
I still want to join in and sing that song. I don't know what it is. It just makes me happy. And it's certainly what the audience had been waiting for. It was an enormous release of love for this top 10 that had been adored across the summer. Everyone was on their feet and remained so for another two or three minutes as we went into the commercial break. Coming out of the break, the judges were introduced to the audience. Simon, Randy and Paula took their place in the royal box just to the right of the stage. I'd had a row with Simon about it the night before because he hated it there. But nothing could be changed at this late stage and he would just have to sit there and stick pins in the little voodoo effigy of me. I think that my boss Simon Fuller probably wanted to kill me too. A number of us obviously knew Kelly had won and Simon asked me what song would she sing when the result was given. I said, a moment like this. I wanted to sing Before Your Love, he countered. I agreed it was a great song and I loved Kelly singing it, but the lyrics of A Moment Like This were perfect for the final song of the series. The whole competitive edge that existed between the two Simons was starting to appear. It was a tangible emotion that drove them both and often strained their relationship. Simon Fuller is generally a gentle, soft-spoken guy, but he really wanted his own way on this one. His song was Before Your Love and Cal's was a moment like this. I wasn't interested who brought which song to the table. They were both great songs, in my opinion, and they would be going out as a double-A side. I have never believed in making decisions by committee. So I firmly said I was the executive producer for this show and I had made the decision which song would be the final song and it would be a moment like this. I know Simon wasn't happy with me at that moment, but he was gracious enough to leave it there. I can't remember ever having another crossed word with him in all the time that we've worked together on Idol or So You Think You Can Dance, and we remain close friends to this very day. Continuing with the performance, Justin reprised his version of A Moment Like This. Some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this. Some people search forever for that one special kiss. So I can't believe it's happening. Followed by Kelly singing Before Your Love. Both their voices sounded extremely tired, but they soldiered on. Following another commercial break, the top ten began a Motown medley, dancing through the audience while singing the great Martha and Vandellas track, Dancing in the Street. Guy sang Get Ready. I'm bringing you a love that's true, so get ready, so get ready. 
Highlights included R.J. Helton singing Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. Kelly and the group sang You're All I Need to Get By. Christina Christian was perfect singing the Mary Wells hit My Guy. Nothing you can say could save me away from my guy. My guy. Nothing you can do cause I'm stuck like glue to my guy. But I have to say, one of my favorites on the night was Justin and Tamira singing the Billy Creston Sirita ballad with You I'm Born Again. I'm born I was half not whole Instead with love Reaching through this world In need of Our final song in this medley introduced our British winner, Will Young, singing with Kelly Clarkson, Ain't No Mountain High Ain't no mountain high Ain't no valley low Ain't no river wide enough This developed into a finale with the top ten and the whole audience singing along. did rock that theatre. After the break, it was time for Justin and Kelly to sing It Takes Two, the duet that they'd learned the night before after I'd sprung the news on them that they would be singing it together. It takes two, baby. It takes two, baby. Me and you. They did a great job, and after it was over, they flung their arms around each other in relief. It was a little bit like somebody who had completed a marathon race and knew it was all over. Because now, it was time for the result. They stood together with Ryan and Brian flanking them. The judges were asked who they thought America had voted for, and all three said, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly, 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 she do the thing. Kelly Clarkson, you sang your butt off. If America gets it right, they are going to make the American Idol winner, Kelly Clarkson. Unanimous from the judges. So let me go back to the conversation that I had with Justin. Coming back to you, Justin. Now, you're standing there holding Kelly's hand. You sort of knew that Kelly had won. I knew in my heart. I said to her... After I came off the stage singing a moment like this, a Before You Love or whatever trash version, my trash it version. Wasn't, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. was terrible. I think it, it was terrible. It wasn't terrible. It, it, it was. But in my opinion. But um, I said to him, like, look, I tried, but, but you got this. Yeah. And so we both knew. And 
I could not imagine. I mean, everyone in the country, you you take all the late night shows, you take all the everything, all of the superstars that you interviewed, it was all Kelly all the way. And and rightly so. And so I'm standing there and apart from the ladies, I've got to jump in and say the ladies were screaming <laughs> over not over Kelly, they were screaming over you, kid. And that's and that's lovely and wonderful. And I'm I'm so grateful for that. And that has been a wave that I I, I ride still today. And yet, when I was standing there, to answer your question more directly, we were just at what was the pinnacle of, how many weeks was it that we, I mean, 12, 12, 12, 12 weeks. But I mean, from 12 weeks of, sh of live show, but then all the, the months before that of the audition, everything that we did, and I just thought to myself, like, man, we did it, we're here. Yeah. We've, we've done this. And- when it got to the moment when uh, Ryan and Brian and Ryan said, and your American Idol is what I heard. The winner of American Idol 2002 is Kelly Clarkson. I was so joyful. I was like, yes, thank God. Because if it was, if they had sent me again, I felt like <laughs> it would have been like glass breaking. Yeah. And it would have been such a mess and people would have been upset. And it just was such a yes. Oh my goodness, we're done. Thank goodness she's the winner. I don't have to sing that song again. And now we can go on and we can have our somewhat of our lives back right. and, and go on to do really amazing things. And that's exactly what we did. You certainly did. You both went on to enjoy terrific careers and congratulations. Good luck with everything you're doing. And thanks for joining me once again, Justin. Such a pleasure. Well, having won... Kelly cried her way through a moment like this. And that's what I remember about the finale. But I'm sure there was more going on that I don't know about, which is why I've got the lovely lady who makes the show work for me, the floor manager, Debbie Williams, to let me know what she remembers. Hi, Debbie. Love that introduction, Nigel. Just looking back at those days of the sing-off and the grand finale, I'm amazed that we ever got anything done. Now, you've been involved in many big productions from the Emmys right the way through to the Oscars. So how did you feel about doing this show? It was probably the wackiest thing I had ever done. I mean, not only that, but we were in that week where we were still in CBS. We did, were we Tuesday, Wednesday at that time? I think we were. Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. So we would do our Tuesday, Wednesday show. Now Thursday would come. We'd all come in the office. We'd have a meeting. You'd lay out the rundown for whatever the show was. We'd sit there and pick it apart. And how do we make this happen? And how do we make that happen? And the wackiest thing was, is because we did a performance show and we did the finale. That's right. That's right. The final sing-off was a one-hour show on the Tuesday and the grand finale was a two-hour show on the Wednesday. And our problem started, as you well know, with shipping of our set across town to the Kodak Theatre the moment that we finished our results show at CBS on that Wednesday night. They would tear the set down. They would load it in. So we couldn't get on that stage until that was loaded in. And so we would then rehearse the kids doing things like not on stage or anything. When we finally got on camera, we would rehearse. Which was the Monday. And yeah. we would rehearse the finale, we everything from the finale on the Monday. 
Correct. We would rehearse the finale and get in as many pieces of the finale. And in that first finale, Nigel, did we have guest stars on it? I can't remember. We had the winner of Pop Idol from the UK, Will Young. And of course, our top 10 performers too, doing the two medleys. Right. So we had the group numbers and we had all these things. And people don't know, you know, when you rehearse these things, I always say the finale was a combination of a high school musical and an award show. (laughs) And it had all these elements in it. And we were bringing these kids in who had just come out and do one performance on our show simple. Now we were putting them in group numbers and they would have to do a, this number and that number. And so it was complicated. Yeah. And so thank God for all my stage managers who kept everyone together and told them what costume changes and where they had to be. But that first finale, we hadn't quite worked out the rehearsal schedule properly. We were figuring it out. No, that's right. It, it was a strange rehearsal schedule, obviously, because we had to rehearse the Wednesday show on the Monday and then concentrate on the show going out live on Tuesday, on the actual Tuesday. So therefore, we had to totally ignore everything we'd rehearsed on the Monday. It's nuts. So like you would do, you do all these rehearsals, okay, put on the brakes. Oh, now we come in. (laughs) Now we have to do this different Uh show. And so we have to forget about the finale. My God, let's just do this other show. And so we would do this other show and the kids would each sing their three songs. And it was a simple show, you know, later in the years, we we cared less about that show. It was just like, get it over with. Let's get back to the finale. And so that year we did that. And then the next day we come back now we got to jump into the finale again. Yeah. You know, we just had to use every little second we every had second, for yeah. rehearsing things because there was so much. So then we come in and we do the finale. <laughs> I remember I remember in one of the commercial breaks, Mike Donnell saying to me, what are Kelly and Justin going to be singing together on the finale? I said, well, we haven't got anything. He said, well, we need something. Find out what they're going to be singing together. They need to do some song together. So Kenny and I thought we came up with It Takes Two and we thought it'd be really appropriate. So as the show finished, I told them they'd be singing that on tomorrow night's show. And they looked at me somewhat confused and said, well, we don't know it. I can remember, and I think I told you this, that on the night... I think we did the opening of the show and then they t- this takes two came ha- really soon in the show and I had them back upstage center I remember and they're both saying to me we don't know the song we don't know the song well I knew the song because it was a Donnie and Marie song and I was a dancer on their show in the 70s and so I'm standing there going it takes two baby it takes two and I'm singing to them and finally I go okay you guys you're out and they went out they did it wasn't a bad job. No, they did a pretty right. good job. Yes. But going back to the beginning of that finale, um, the funniest thing, not the funniest thing, it was the most horrible thing, um, right before the show, like 17 minutes before air, and I'm down in the office downstairs at the Kodak cleaning up my notes, somebody comes and goes, come to the booth right now. There's an emergency. Come to the booth. And I'm like, oh, God, what's happening? So I go to the booth, and Mike Darnell came in, he decided that act one should be act two and act two should be act one. Oh, I forgot that. So all that. the cameramen, myself, the technical director, the director, the associate director, were all there writing down notes quickly. Yes. Okay, how do we do this? Da, 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 da. So we write them now. What time is it? Eight minutes to air. Run out to the stage. Tell the crew. And they're like, what do we do? And I went, let's just do act one. 
when we get to commercial, we'll discuss act two. And that's how we did that entire finale. Right, right. I cannot believe that I'd forgotten that. Mind you, I was wandering around at that point, if you remember, with my arm up in the air as I'd got a couple of discs slip out of my spine. Uh, and it was the only thing that could I could do to take the pressure off. It was hilarious when you think about it. I looked like I was volunteering for something all night. But in truth, it was a simple change. It was just annoying at the time, wasn't it? We just literally, like a little blocks, moved them around and act two became act one and act one it became was, act it two. It was just, you know, like when you're dealing with 100 people on a stage and you go, oh, act one is that, you know, it just did people's brains, you know, sure, when it's sure. like five minutes to air, yeah. that's all, you know, that it kind of complicates. It's funny that you talk about that song being from Donnie and Marie because I remember it from Marvin Gaye and Kim Weston, uh, which was, a, it's a great Motown song. Yes, it uh, is. Which, which I thought most kids in this country would know Motown. Uh, but again, uh, I was shocked to find yeah. they didn't. They had all of the lyrics actually on the teleprompter yes. uh, at the back of the theatre, so they could read the lyrics. They just we did that for the finale, which was such a gift, thank God, because we did not do that in the regular competition show. We never had the words on the prompter in the competition show. Uh, well, you know why? Because we were hoping that they'd screw up. <laughs> well, exactly. And they, many times they awful, did. awful. Uh, it was awful. That was you, Nigel, though. I, I know. I'm sorry for your children at times and how they grew up. Uh, <laughs> but but we didn't ever have it on the regular shows. And then when we would get to the finale, and I think we discussed that in the beginning because we weren't going to give it to them. And that was like, this is not fair. They yeah. have no time to learn this. So we right. put a prompter. So they right. knew it. But um, uh, something you probably didn't realize uh, that happened five minutes before the show was to go on air. Sandy Grusha, who was the uh, president of Fox Television at that point, uh, walked into and wanted to wish Kelly and Justin good luck. So he rushed out of Kelly's dressing room and grabbed me and said, she's curled her hair. I went, oh, right. Get her to change it. Get her to I said, Sandy, we're five minutes before we go on. I'm not going to tell her. I want you to get her to straighten her hair. Oh, my God. Uh, no, no, I can't do that. Sorry. Amazing that the, the one thing that he had to say on the finale, not congratulations, you got here, we've really got a great series, uh, we're going to book the second season, uh, it's get it to straighten her hair. That's crazy. And that would have set, that would have set Kelly off. Oh, can you imagine? Can you no, really that imagine? That would have set Kelly totally off. It would set me off. If somebody went, I don't like your hair, change your hair. Um, but... I remember Kelly did have very curly hair for the finale, yes. And that certainly didn't stop her singing brilliantly. Well, and that was the thing, Nigel, that um, that finale, it was it was packed with all of us working on it uh, with adrenaline. Absolutely, okay? yes. Uh, we'd just come to the end of this series. We didn't know what it was, you know. And when Kelly sang that last song and when she breaks up in it and her little voice cracks, you know, I think all of us started crying. It was just like, oh, my God, this is so emotional. Yeah. I mean, that's when you kind of knew, hey, this series may have some life. We may be doing this again <laughs> a few times because it struck something in all of us. And the great thing was we were on the stage of the Kodak. These kids got to be on the stage of the Kodak, which, you know, the if people. The home of the Oscars. 
the home of the Oscars. I've seen it on the Oscars. It goes so high up into a nosebleed section only because they compromised it for the mall. And so it had to go straight up. But it looks amazing <laughs> on reverse shots. And so when... 3,500 people turned right. up for that. Yes. And, and those people came and some of them had signs. And we were like, I remember standing there with Ryan at one point in time and we were looking around going, oh my God, these people actually watched the show. You know, that was kind of a thing where you just went, wow, our little bubble. Um, Yeah, maybe this has legs. You know, it was it was very incredible and exciting, I have to say. And over 100 million votes came in across the series. It was certainly exciting and, and it certainly has had legs as it's still going to this very day in its new home on ABC. And I have to say, it's always great to talk to you, Debbie. I look forward to talking to you next about season two in my next podcast series. So, Debbie, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me today. I loved it, Nigel. Ah, thanks, darling. So there you have it. Within the next three weeks, my crushed discs were removed and cadaver bones inserted to fuse my cervical spine together. And then that was all held in place by a titanium plate. In the meantime, Kelly's disc went on to break a 38-year-old record held by the Beatles for a song's biggest leap to number one on the Billboard charts when it leapt from number 52 straight up to number one. I had a new cervical spine and America had another great singing star, the American Idol season one winner, Kelly Clarkson. Thank you for listening to my memories about American Idol Season 1. Look out for my next series on American Idol Season 2. I will be revealing more interesting stories from behind the scenes, including why Frenchie Davis was cut from Season 2, how we got the results wrong on the finale, and why I blame Simon Cowell for my heart attack. It will all be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts from. And please, don't forget to rate us. It means a great deal to know that you are enjoying my idle memories. Until next time, cue music. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.